Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Um, If you're new here, my name is Dr. Louise, and I'm the founder of Empowerment Through Thought. And if you don't know, we actually have a very active community over on Instagram. I'm just at Empowerment Through Thought over there. And a little while ago, I asked folks in my stories um, if they had a roadmap for the healing process as a survivor of toxic people. And, but what I meant by like roadmap was like just kind of a rough sense of kind of what this whole process looks like. And according to my stories, anyways, a lot of people said they did not have a roadmap. And a lot of people said that one would be helpful to them. So eventually I'm planning on coming up with um, a freebie for you guys, a PDF download that kind of lays out the roadmap. But for my lovely podcast listeners, hello, I see you, I appreciate you. You guys get dibs on what this roadmap is going to be. So this is kind of a drafty thing I'm going to be sharing with you guys. So if you have any feedback um, about the roadmap or you think I'm missing something or, you know, you disagree with me on something, I'd love to hear your feedback. Um, You can email me. I'm drlouise at empowermentthroughthought.com. Or you can head over to my Instagram and send me a a direct message. And I I would love to hear your thoughts. But I thought that it's, uh, you know, it's it's actually kind of important on on your healing journey to have some sense of what the path looks like. And I really wanted to get the thoughts I have on, on this you know, the big picture journey that we're all going through. I wanted to get that to you guys as as soon as possible. So I hope that this is helpful, but I have made a little romance. I got some notes today. I've got, um, what, seven. I've got seven stages um, of the healing roadmap for survivors of toxic people. So this is going to start before you even understand that there's a toxic person in your life. And it's going to end in a place that I think most survivors can get to where you actually experience some freedom from toxic people. Now, I do want to say before I dive into the details of what the different stages are, um, this this is not a linear process. Okay, so I'm going to lay this out as though we go from step one to step two to step three. And I wish I could tell you it was that straightforward, that it was that simple. But if I said that to you, I would be misleading. I'd be lying to you. Um, This is the general process, but you'll you'll discover on your own journey, sometimes feelings and experiences you had in an earlier part of the process will come up again in a later part. You know, don't be down on yourself if you you discover that you're not necessarily progressing in a linear way. It is normal, natural, healthy for people to kind of going a little bit more of a circular, moving around different places with a general kind of push toward these end stages. So with all that said, we're about three minutes in, let's dive in to what these different stages, these different stopping points on our, on our road trip through surviving toxic people look like. So the first stage I'm going to talk about is the IDK stage, right? So that's, I don't know. This is where, um, you're, you've probably met the toxic person at this point, but you have no idea that they're toxic, right? You are, you are living in a kind of beautiful ignorance at this moment in time. 
This is where if you're, especially if you're with a romantic partner, you might be experiencing a lot of love bombing, right? So this is a phenomenon where the toxic person does all of these nice, beautiful, amazing things for you because they're trying to show you how great the relationship is. And we all know eventually the love bombing stage stops. But here at the IDK stage, um, we're, we're just living in that. We feel like this person's great. We feel like they're doing awesome things for us. We're feeling, we're feeling really good about the situation. Now in this stage, if it's actually a toxic person, it turns out bad things are happening to us, but they get overlooked, right? So, you know, the, the toxic person is a toxic person. And we all know even toxic people on their very best behavior still do some problematic things. So, you know, we're, Th those problematic things are happening, but we're not thinking about them. We're not worried about them. We're like, we're, we're very quick to dismiss it. All we see is the, the tons of good stuff that's happening here in the IDK stage. So that's, that's where most of us start. Now, if you had toxic parents, right, your IDK stage might've been, you know, when you were younger, when you were real little and you thought that your parents were perfect and you had no sense of like, this is different than other people. You just thought that mom and dad were the best possible people on the planet and everything was good and beautiful. So that's the first step, IDK. Now the next stage is the shit, this is bad stage, okay? Do you like my title? <laughs> the shit, this is bad. So here you're really starting to feel some some really negative emotions. You've really started to notice that there are all these problematic things happening to you. You're starting to understand that the situation is not as good as it seemed back in the IDK stage. And you're starting to feel really distraught about it. You're not really sure what's going on. You don't know if you're the problem or if they're the problem, but you're feeling all of these big feelings of frustration that the thing is not the way it appeared at the beginning. Now in this stage, you might be feeling really overwhelmed by how many negative experiences you're actually having in this relationship. You might not have a very realistic picture at this stage of how many negative experiences you're having, but you're, you're starting to realize that there are problems around. And that, that can feel really overwhelming at this stage because you thought like it's such a big swing from the IDK stage where you were, you know, blissfully ignorant, everything felt amazing. And you just kind of, you know, stepped aside or you put aside those things that seem suspicious. Now you're not being able to put them aside so much. Those initial feelings are, are starting to wear off a little bit. Maybe the love bombing is no longer taking place from the toxic person. And you're really starting to see like, whoa, whoa, this situation is way different than I thought. At this stage, you might be experiencing some kind of hopelessness. You might be feeling like, oh my God, it's going to be like this forever. Like, I don't know how to make it better, right? This kind of, I don't know what to do, but things are really bad. And I think at the, the shit, this is bad stage, you might be unwilling 
to talk about the situation with trusted people, or you might have a tendency to overshare at this stage. It, it'll go either way. And sometimes you'll start off oversharing and you'll realize that the person you're speaking to is not handling that well. So you'll start to clam up and then you will generally clam up and you won't be speaking about it with anyone. When I was in the shit, this is bad stage with my toxic ex, I was not willing to talk to people. I didn't share on social media at all. I didn't, I didn't even talk to like my best friend at the time about it. We were really close. We'd been close since middle school. I didn't tell her what was going on. I got really quiet because I knew it was bad, but I didn't want to face it. And I, I wasn't, I wasn't ready for somebody to tell anybody that this, that I was tolerating these kind of behaviors in my life. So that's the shit, this is bad stage. The next stage is the fix it stage. So this is where we start to think like, okay, I have to do something about it. So we've kind of moved through a little bit of the, the hopelessness, the helplessness. And now we're starting to think, okay, I, I have to do something about this. I cannot continue in this state forever. So at the fix it stage, we might start to seek resources, right? So we might, you know, we might start looking for a therapist, or maybe we're going to look for a coach, or maybe we're going to like find, you know, start looking up hashtags on Instagram to, to get us, a, get us some resources, try somehow, some way to make sense of the situation. We might at the fix it stage, begin exploring boundaries, Right, and kind of trying to understand like, okay, what, what exactly is a boundary? What would it look like to establish a boundary? What kind of boundaries do people implement in these sort of situations? You might be struggling with the questions of like, can I have some boundaries but still be with this person? You're, you're probably at the fix it stage feeling lots of guilt for seeking to change the situation. So at this stage, you're still very tied to the relationship. You're still feeling like this relationship's really important to me. I want to try to make it work however I can. And you've, you've probably been in the relationship long enough to know that this, this person you're dealing with is, is not going to be very open to any changes, right? You've probably tried a little bit of, you know, suggesting maybe there was a problem back in the shit, this is bad stage. And by the time you get to the fix it stage, you're starting to understand that the, the person's not really willing to change their behavior or make any modifications the way maybe people in previous relationships have. So the I have to do something stage really is a complicated emotional point, right? There's a lot of feelings like I don't want to do this, but I feel like I have to do this. I can't just keep going the way that I am. And you, you start to really think about boundaries and what that's going to look like. Now, so we're at stage three. So the first stage is the IDK stage. The second stage is the shit, this is bad stage. And the third stage is I have to do something. It's the fix it stage. Now we're going to start talking about, we've got four, five, six, seven more stages to go through. So we're going to take a moment to hear from our sponsor, and then we'll come back to the healing roadmap. Okay, so now we're on step four of the process. And this is the establishing phase. So this is when we start to actually establish boundaries with the toxic person. 
Now, as you go through this process, right, you, you start to get some relief from the chaos. Depending on the kind of boundary you set, maybe you're sending a micro boundary where, you know, you're just trying to get this person to leave you alone for 10 minutes in the evening, right? Maybe it's a really micro boundary. Um, you'll get a little bit of relief from that. Maybe it's a, it's a bigger boundary. Maybe it's something like low contact or no contact. You're going to experience more relief from those bigger boundaries. In general, though, at this establishing stage, you're feeling very unsure. You're, you're still feeling very drawn to the toxic person. You're not really sure if this boundary is the right thing for you. You're not really sure if the boundary is even working. You, you just feel like a lot of cognitive dissonance. So cognitive dissonance is this dis dissonance. It's a hard word for me to say, dissonance. This is a stage where like you're, you're conflicted. Your, your different parts of your brain are like, what about this? What about that? And you're, you're feeling a lot of turmoil. Now, that's, that's an exhausting thing. It's an exhausting place to, to be there. But in general, you have a strong sense when you're at this establishing stage. To, you want to you wanna just like move on from this relationship, right? You're somewhere between I can never let this go and I just want to be done with it. <laughs> Right? You kind of fly between these two different points. And there's a lot of thinking like maybe I could have done something better or maybe I didn't really try hard enough. Or like here's a big one that comes up when people first establish their boundaries. They feel like, oh, well, maybe it wasn't really that bad. That's one of the most dangerous things that comes up in the establishing boundaries phase. You start to get a little bit of relief from the chaos of the toxic person. You get just a little bit of distance. And in that little bit of distance, you start to maybe hear some of the toxic person's teachings in your own mind, right? You start to think like, well, maybe I really was overreacting. Maybe it really wasn't that bad because right now in your life, it feels a little bit better. Right. So you start to think like, OK, well, maybe maybe the problem was not what I thought. That's dangerous. <laughs> if you are dealing with a toxic person, um, the reason your life is getting better is because you, you are establishing those boundaries. Um, but it won't necessarily feel that way right at the beginning. OK, so that's that's the establishing phase. That was number four. Our fifth stage is the maintenance phase. Right, so this is where we're, we're maintaining the boundaries that we've already sought to establish. Throughout this phase, we're getting progressively more comfortable and confident in those boundaries. We're starting to work through those feelings of like, maybe this isn't the right thing. And we're starting to really see like, no, my life is, is actually much better with these boundaries. This is actually supporting me and the goals that I have. Now, a challenge in this maintenance phase is that we start to notice all of the fallout and the damage from being so involved with a toxic person. So here we might see that our relationships with other people have been damaged. Maybe those are relationships with family members. Maybe those are relationships with, with friends. You know, maybe it's even your relationship with your children. When you're at this maintenance phase, you're, you've got enough peace now that you're having the opportunity to look around. Now, this is often a time where flying monkeys will come and attack us. Um, if you don't know, a flying monkey is somebody who abuses us on behalf of the toxic person. 
And flying monkeys are no fun. They're a big freaking pain in the butt. And they really like to strike when it's starting to look like you're actually going to follow through on the boundary. So when you're at the establishing phase, they might show up then, um, but they're not going to have as great an impact because you're just so focused on the toxic person and the drama of the toxic person at the establishing phase. Um, that's really the main part. You're not even really hearing other people in the situation. When you get to the maintenance phase, you're getting that distance from the toxic person. You're feeling better about that. But then, you know, here comes grandma and she, she's telling you about how you're doing something wrong because you want to set a boundary. You want to keep this boundary with your mother, right? So this is a difficult part of the maintaining boundaries phase. And you are definitely vulnerable at this stage to attacks from flying monkeys. You might also be experiencing a lot of anger or resentment towards toxic people and maybe even towards yourself for your previous choices. Right, you're starting to notice what the cost really was of being around toxic people. You're really starting to see how it negatively impacted you and your relationships, maybe your, your life ambitions. You're starting to understand what, what was really going on. And that can obviously make you mad at the toxic person for, for doing those things, right? Because at the end of the day, the toxic person is a lot of the, the reason you're in the situation that you're currently in. But you might also just be mad at yourself for, you know, allowing yourself to stay in that situation as long as you did. Those feelings are totally normal. Um, it's really easy to get stuck in those feelings and, you know, maintain a kind of a state of anger towards your past self. I mean, that's definitely something we want to move through. We do not want to stay in that state forever because ultimately it's not going to serve us well on our journey. Okay, so that was the fifth stage, the maintenance stage. Now we're moving on to stage six, and that is the peace stage. This is where you're really making peace with your boundaries and with your history with this person. At this point, you no longer have any doubts about the necessity of boundaries. You're really confident the boundary is the right thing. You're feeling really good about your ability to have the boundary and maintain the boundary. The flying monkeys are not getting to you as much. They're obviously still annoying and they're probably still around, but they're not really getting to you. It doesn't feel like it's life threatening when those flying monkeys show up. At the peace stage, you're also probably letting go of some of that blame and anger that you are experiencing. I don't think on this journey you ever fully let go of that anger and blame. Maybe that's just me because I'm an angry person. <laughs> it, could, it could be that. Um, but I think it's just a normal human thing to be frustrated and upset and angry at that the whole situation arose. But at the peace stage, you're, you're kind of letting go of those things. You're moving through those things. And in this peace stage, your thoughts in general can move more freely to different aspects of your life. You're starting to really be able to develop parts of yourself outside of your identity as a survivor of toxic people. Now, that identity is obviously important. It's going to inform your experiences, but you're no longer being defined by the fact that you are a survivor of toxic people. So that's the peace stage. The last stage, I think, on this journey and 
right? Let me know if, if you, if you've been no contact with someone for a long time, let me know if this, if this feels like the, the stage we land in the end point for us, I'm going to call this the freedom stage. So this is the place where you honor your experiences as a survivor, but you regularly experience life beyond that identity, right? You hold on to that. You are a survivor. Once you've survived a toxic person in your life, you're forever a survivor. But that isn't coloring all of your experiences in a really prominent way, right? You still notice subtle ways that your habits and tendencies are impacted by your time with toxic people. That's especially true if the toxic people in your life were your parents. But in general, you don't stress out about that, right? So you notice you have this habit because of this thing that toxic people in the past did, but it doesn't, it doesn't make you feel really stressed. It doesn't freak you out that this is happening. It doesn't make you feel like you have no choice in your life or, you know, it doesn't bring back all that anger and resentment towards the toxic people in a really dominant way. Sure, those feelings might come up, but that's not the main experience that you're having. At the freedom stage, you really feel able to live your life fully for you. You're not living it for the toxic person. You're not living it, you know, to just work through trauma. You're living your life for you as an individual at this point. Now, of course, we all want to get to that freedom stage. And, you know, I want to remind you that these this seven stage process that I described to you, no human being is going to go through this process linearly. Um, But I think that these are kind of some general patterns. Let me just remind you of what the whole thing was before we wrap up for today. So the first stage was the IDK stage. Um, That's when we were kind of ignorant. Everything is going great in the relationship. The second stage is shit. This is bad. The third one is the fix it stage. You're feeling like I have to do something now. The fourth one is the establishing phase. That's where we're starting to establish boundaries. The fifth one is where the maintenance phase. We're maintaining those boundaries. The sixth is the peace stage. And the seventh is the freedom stage. So like I said, this is my first pass thoughts on the healing roadmap for survivors of toxic people. Now, I this is informed by the experiences of a lot of survivors that I've worked with uh, and that I chat with regularly. But, you know, my ideas are, are not never just my own ideas, right? This is a dynamic process. So if you have any feedback or any thoughts about how this does or does not map onto your experience, I'd love to hear about it. Um, you can reach me, Dr. Louise, at empowermentthroughthought.com, or you can head over to my Instagram, shoot me a DM. I'm just at empowermentthroughthought. So thanks so much for listening and, you know, keep an eye out if you, if you'd like to have a written copy of what these, what this roadmap looks like, you know, keep an eye on my social media, join my email list, and I will make sure that, that you get a chance to get your hands on that as soon as it exists. All right. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Bye-bye.